Hello, everyone. This is Greg, your host of Goddamn GameCube, and this is season four. Follow Goddamn GameCube on social for updates on the show and subscribe to us on YouTube for bonus video content. Thank you and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Goddamn GameCube. Greg and Riley are your hosts today. My brother Nick, the intern, is here. And I want to introduce Shannon, um, our second intern. Uh, she's going to be doing uh, an audio production internship with Goddamn GameCube. Shannon, welcome. Hello. Happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about Vampire today, uh, a game by Don't Nod. And now before I kick this to Riley to start, I just want to say I, this is a game that I didn't think we would ever talk about. This is one of those where I, I think I either picked it up at GameStop a million times, put it down, and I didn't really know what it was. And when I kind of saw that it was almost like a, a Bloodborne-y action game, I said, I'm intrigued enough to give it a shot. Okay. So, Riley, why don't you take us on this um, Twilight adventure? Uh, go ahead. Let's do it. Thank you, Greg. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Welcome to our vampire discussion. <laughs> Hope you're having a good time. Okay, so as you mentioned, this is an action RPG developed by Don't Not Entertainment and published by Focus Home Interactive in 2016. I have not played any Don't Not games. Greg, you have played Life y is Strange? Yeah, so I've played Life is Strange, and I think the strangest part about playing Vampire so was... Speak. Exactly. And what I said was... um this is the Life is Strange people. Like, it's the same team. I don't think they've ever made an action game. It could be their first one. And also, you know, this game, it didn't review very well. And like I said, I kind of picked it up a bunch of times. And I'm really glad that I played it. Yeah. So why don't you um, continue us down the journey here? Let's go. No, yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad you recommended it to both Nick and I. Um, uh, it's it's uh, it, it left a, a decent impression on me. I think it was a, a worthwhile purchase. It might be a little odd for the audience that we're covering this, but we're going to get into it here. Um, so I want to drop some names here before we get too far. Uh, this game was directed by Philippe Moreau. Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce these correctly. Designed by Guillaume Lichtel. Okay. Big <laughs> uh, written by Stéphane Beauverger. With art direction by Gregory Z. Zeus. Okay. How perfect. about that? Uh, so th this team... Uh, they felt that uh, vampires were an underexplored and multifaceted opportunity for a game. I think I agree. Uh, it is set in 1918 during the Spanish flu epidemic. Um, I wanted to bring up super quickly, uh, kind of interesting to play this in a post-pandemic world. Post-pandemic, air quotes. Um, but I'm curious uh, how it would have been received if it had released a few years later with knowing what we do now about everything because i'm like oh this is like every, people are wearing masks you know like it's all this paranoia and and you know just kind of uh, i don't know i thought it was interesting did you feel the same way well also i mean european studio european game americans and the yeah. way americans treated maybe covid versus other nations maybe it would have been the same yeah. right? <laughs> would have reviewed even more poorly you know you know what i'm getting at so uh in this one you you play as uh jonathan reed uh, the most serious man in the world <laughs> uh, as he attempts to solve the mystery of his transformation into a vampire uh, attempting to fill, fulfill both his duties as a doctor and his newfound thirst for blood uh, the concept of a vampire doctor i believe was utilized because it explores the dichotomy between compassion and self-preservation at extremes you have a, a man of science 
who is challenged by the existence of the paranormal. I thought that was very relatable. I thought that was cool. Um, don't think I've seen it too much in a game before. Uh, you got a relatively small, uh, manageable uh, London map cut into four districts. Uh, I thought personally, kind of uh, hard to navigate this setting a little bit, um, a little bit on purpose. There's a lot of locked doors at the start, um, but I liked that you eventually get the rich people's uh, quarantine pass so you can get into other districts. It's a pretty cool, I mean, like it's it's be it's better than just getting like a key. I like that sure. a lot. Sure, I mean, also, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this later. This game did like a better job with like classism than I thought. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I got I got that all in there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, as the story unfolds, uh, sort of the divide between the rich and poor uh, starts to crystallize a little bit as one of the major themes. Um, the majority of, of uh, enemy factions you face are, uh, so you have the Prewin, who are the, the zealous uh, vampire hunters, who you know, you're kind of at odds with being who you are. Uh, the Skulls, which are, are mostly feral, lower level vampires that show uh, signs of decay. They're kind of zombie-ish. Um, the, the Volkads, which are the large, the, like the beast ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of weird looking. Um, they're like enforcers or bodyguards. And uh, the Ekons, who you belong to, they are fully sentient vampires, uh, well-composed, uh, upper-class, hoity toit And now you guys finally understand my Facebook job history. Which is really <laughs> you're, you're an Ekon. It took many, many years for us to understand what, what that. What is it exactly? I said I was like a former uh, Ekon at the Ascalon Club. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. So that was something, speaking of the Ascalon Club, um, what I thought was an interesting aspect of this structure was how... Uh, Lord Redgrave, who is the leader of the Ascalon Club, he describes his intent to subjugate and eliminate the uh, and exterminate the Skulls, so the Ekons will be accepted by the rest of society. Mm. Um, like, so we're not like those, you know, rabid whatever. We're not rabid vampires. We're classy. They're, we're well, classy vampires. Classy okay. vampires. So, but they they very much have a pejorative sort of context. There's a lot of lower class, you know, people who wind up as Skulls. Um, and I thought that was very interesting, not unlike the mentality of some middle class people who push each other down or mock slash blame the poor in order to feel a closer kinship with the wealthy. Um, I did think that the werewolves were an odd inclusion. I, it helped uh, diversify the experience a little bit, some different enemies. Uh, I didn't feel like they really were fleshed out enough to fit in with the rest of the game. They weren't really developed. At all. Did you feel the same way? Did you? How did you feel about the werewolves? Yeah, I, I just think like it also like um, it, they weren't really developed or a part of the story. Other than like I think there was one boss encounter and a couple of enemies. Yeah. It also just like it really makes me think of like like the Twilight romance where there's like sure. a werewolf. There's like I don't know much about it. <laughs> Shannon does. <laughs> Um, All right, maybe maybe don't get too far yeah, if you don't know too, too far, much but, like, about that's it. That's kind of what like kind of popped in my brain is like this game was like a really hard sell to me to try to sell it to you guys because I'm like, well, it's kind of the same themes as Twilight. Like it's not the same. You should play it. But anyway, when it comes yeah. to werewolves, there isn't much there. Yeah, you can also there, turn into there. one. Isn't that right? With one of your ultimate skills, you so. turn into like a beast oh, really? for a little bit. Yeah. So there is definitely some. Maybe there is cut content a lot. You can be there. both. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't know if it's technically called a werewolf. I don't know if they actually call them werewolves. Okay. I think it, I think we agree with your opinion. It's yeah. a little off message. It's a little undercooked. Yeah. A, little, yeah. a, little, a little half baked. Yeah. yeah. So um, ultimately, I want to open up to the floor here in general. Uh, vampires and 1800s London have been done a lot in all sorts of media. Did you feel like this game set itself apart? 
Yeah, I certainly did. Um, Nick, if you don't mind, I'm going to start. I kind of took it right, Please, right from go, you. Go, go right um, You're good. So I think the biggest sell for me was really, I have never seen a, a morality system done this way, where it, if you think vampires, it's always like the, what's the word? Like, uh, it's not the Victorian era with yeah. the top hats and the suits and whatever. It's always yeah. the same shit. Mm -hmm. But with me, you kind of brought it up in the intro where it's like you have, you play as a doctor and it's, you have to, you know, be the guy who helps people and serves the public and you have to resist your urge to fucking eat them. <laughs> and like, and yeah. I have never seen a morality system where if you want to be a, a good guy, the game is extremely hard. Yeah. Um, and I think with this game, I have just never seen... I guess vampires in this setting where it's it's not a it's not a there, sure there's some love and romance which we'll talk about but it's not that's not the main point yeah I've yeah. never seen that that's what I think set mm. it apart they really put like a almost I don't know what the right word for this is like you're a guy who has to serve society who's been put up against this I don't know this monstrous weird thing that's in you and I've never mm. really seen that in this setting Nick I don't know what if you can maybe articulate what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so I have a little bit of a different opinion than sure. you do on this. Um, while the gameplay, I think, sets it apart, yeah. I don't think the setting really does it any favors. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think the setting's a bit generic. Oh, yeah. And you also have the most generic British dude name ever. Like, John <laughs> Reed, that's your name. That's yeah, the main right. character. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. exactly. Very generic. Even the cover art's kind of generic looking too. I almost think but, like that's why it was such a hard sell yeah. to get to, I'm trying to tell people to play this game, but it's yeah. like, yeah, it's a vampire game. Yeah, it's in the Victorian era. Yeah, yeah. you've seen that every time, but you right. should play it. Right. right. It's really hard. Like, yeah. I do think what you said, Greg, about the gameplay really does set it apart. And I love how you are a blood transfusion specialty doctor who becomes a vampire. <laughs> right. That yeah, to me yeah, is yeah, just yeah. really funny. The plot demands it. Right, the, exactly. The, the I think it's really funny. The plot demand it, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, aside from uh, the gameplay and the setting, I was annoyed at the whole being locked out of everywhere and John Reed saying it's locked it's, is forever embedded it's, in it's my mind. It's locked all right. Yeah, whenever sure. I go to a lock, open a door and it's locked, all I think of it's locked all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, it, it frustrating because the, the traversal is kind of a pain in the ass to me yeah. where you have, you wake up in the hospital or whatever and you gotta you know, you you have to walk all the way. It's like not that I wanted like fast travel, but maybe like I don't know something mm -hmm. to make it easier. All right, so that's that's been that's been uh, the setting, the premise. We're gonna get into uh, the sights and sounds here a little bit. Um, I have no strong opinions on the visuals personally. I think it looks fine, uh, fairly unremarkable, but I did enjoy how the supernatural elements were portrayed for the most part. Um, a lot of kind of uh, more ubiquitous, abstract, smoky, uh, like people talking to you and stuff. Like, who is this? You know, it, it develops intrigue successfully. Um, the voice acting is in particular is very solid, especially from uh, J Jonathan, the generic serious man. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I did. I did want to get into him a little bit more. Uh, Anthony Howell is the actor. Um, I think. He is a very good, he, he played uh, Yurt the Silent Chief, our guy from Demon's Souls, yep. a couple other roles, but he his performance in this game is very good. Uh, I think it could read uh, genuinely as someone who is sincerely compassionate about the people he's talking to or uh, sinister or predatory. Mm -hmm. It could really go either way. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, so you actually, you said the, the music is not very remarkable in this game. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of disagree. I think oh, really? Like, okay. Well, I, you get the, the big, uh, intense cello, uh, mm -hmm. performance in the beginning. Like, I, I mean, here's the thing. In a lot of these games, I've heard it. Like, yeah. they don't, 
this is one of those games where I'm going to listen to something else while I'm playing yeah, it. Sure. You know, like, like, so it's not, it's, I think there are mem- memorable aspects, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know, mind blowing. <laughs> uh, the composer who I've just disparaged, his name is Olivier <laughs> de Riviere. <laughs> Derivier sounds a little like derivative to me. Yeah, fucking burning this guy. Um, cho- he chose to mix uh, traditional instrumentation with some industrial music, which I thought was interesting, to convey uh, Jonathan's internal conflict. Uh, the cello, as I mentioned, features heavily, and its range uh, lends itself very well uh, to evoking uh, both tragedy and monstrosity. Mm-hmm. Um, he also chose the choir as an Im- oppressive influence on the main character. Um, the, the music when you are possessing someone is very unnerving to me. It's like mm-hmm. very low kind of chanting and stuff. Like uh, a little shiver, mm-hmm. a little, little, little wiggles there. Um, I thought the sound design was somewhat lacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I felt that if it had been punched up a little bit, it would have made the uh, combat a little more satisfying. It's a lot of like squishy noises and grunts. <laughs> yeah. It's very like, eh, yeah, it's very meh. Um, a little, little detail I wanted to mention. Uh, I like the uh, the train that chugs on the tracks above. Oh, I don't yeah, know if you noticed yeah. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one really draws your attention to it. Doesn't figure into the plot at all. It's just like a ni- it's doing its thing in the background. It's a nice little detail. Um, so uh, with that in mind, do you have anything in particular that you'd like to bring up here? Yeah, sure. I think one of the um, so. It- We'll we'll talk about all the details, but actually, I like this game a lot for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But something that I found weird, or like kind of inherently, like you kind of have to get over, yeah. is that the all of your interactions take place in the dead of night. And I'm mm-hmm. like, why isn't anyone in bed? Like, why is everyone just up walking around? Like, <laughs> well, it's you, really you, weird. you do have those conversations where you're like, why are you up at this hour? Right, but yeah. you know, it's like every every it, night, it, it, like it, every night, like and it, you kind of have to do it to further the plot. Yeah, but like every citizen, every doctor, everyone is just up at like you know midnight plus. Yeah, and, like, this is kind of odd for but, for indefinitely. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of funny, Nick. Yeah, so I'll remark on the sound design a little bit. Um, I was going to say, when you mentioned the music, I was like, oh, it's not really remarkable. And then you mentioned the main theme, which I think is pretty good. It's, yeah. it's like, well, yeah. as soon as you turn it on, yeah. it's like pretty, pretty. Exactly. Other than that, I don't don't remember any of the. OST, I just think the Christina but... Perry song is better. Oh, but, <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, I did. Um, I'm not disputing the sound effects being bad, yeah. but I did think they had a pretty good use of it. Like when you're walking around, you could sometimes hear the low snarls of skulls around the corner. Oh, sure. yeah, you yeah, can yeah, kind of yeah. like see. Oh, okay. So there's something near there's a me. Bit of an atmosphere there. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I also yeah. want to say too, this is not a big budget game. Right. Like this. But you know what this game falls into? This sort of double A game that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it, I think That's why you know, it's good. there were resources mm. put into certain things and not other things. Yeah. which I'm not saying in a disparaging way, but I think when you have a game that does not have a hundreds of millions of dollars in budget, you have to. Uh, what 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 are you going to put money towards? And right. I don't think audio design was it. No, was probably, which is yeah. which is yeah. fine. And the, the other thing I wanted to bring up, uh, I do think the voice acting was generally very good. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. I told you both this. My one huge concern with, uh, concern, my complaints about the voice acting here is I tend to read faster than the characters can talk, but you can't really skip through dialogue without no. skipping huge sections. That's, yeah, I didn't which even I thought think was about annoying, that. But 
I don't know if it was a glitch, but it was perfect. If it was not a glitch, it was perfect. But even if it was, it was still perfect. <laughs> when you finally talk to your mom, it would not allow me to skip her dialogue. Huh? It's like, oh, oh you man. can't skip through mom's dialogue. Of course you can. <laughs> listen can. to your mom. Right. Listen to your mother. I don't know if that was a glitch or not, but I'm I thought sure. it was pretty funny. You know, I, but with this game, I think like it was a really, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about gameplay. Um, there was, it, the game went through these like combat sections and a ton of talking. Yes. And it this game, it was a little bit exhausting when you had to almost go through a talking section but it was so yeah. well acted i i was really into really every story beat and every conversation because it was it was just i feel like a lot of attention was put into the performance which i didn't i mean this in the nicest way i can life is strange is not the best performed game <laughs> like it's not very good and there's a lot of problems with the voiceover but they made an action game with a ton of voiceover and it was if i felt like is, did the same team make this? Right. The quality was just way higher. And I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that too, because like there is so much talking in this game. The voice acting better have been good. Yeah, Otherwise, right. that would have been a huge yeah. problem. Yes, indeed. Sure. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned gameplay. Let's let's uh, get into that. Uh, great emphasis is placed on your relationship with the. There are 60 citizens uh, you can interact with. Um, you can further this by completing quests for them hearing rumors from other people or uh, entrancing and interrogating them. And I thought this was a very, this is kind of, I think a, um, it's a little bit of a Majora's Mask mm. kind of dynamic where mm. you have, uh, you have, they, they feel like they interact with each other. Like they're not just there for your benefit. You know, mm. they have relationships and yep. beliefs and whatnot. Um, and the, the crazy thing is that the better uh, your relationship or the more you know about these people, the higher your XP reward will be should you choose to uh, break, uh, drink their blood and kill them uh, <laughs> once your, your mesmerized level is high enough. Uh, and this is, you know, easier for weak minded or, you know, simpletons, citizens, mm -hmm. you know, like and the, the uh, you know, more educated or, or you know, wiser citizens mm -hmm. are harder to entrance. Right. Uh, very interesting system. Uh, citizens can also fall victim to various diseases that lower your net XP uh, gain by killing them. You have to uh, heal them to get the optimal amount. Uh, you can create cures by using a very uh, bare bones, straightforward crafting system. Uh, by nature, it feels a little bit more crucial than many other games that use one. I mm -hmm. felt like I, it mattered mm -hmm. more. Um, this creates an interesting wrinkle when you are helping somebody um, and then they're suspicious of you. And it's like, they question your motive. Like, why are you helping me? You know? And like, this is like the first game that I've, I think I've ever played where they have good reason to suspect you. Like, it could be a, like, are you helping me to be nice? Like, or are you helping me to uh, kill me? You know? Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. It's, it's kind of interesting. An interesting dynamic. Um, uh, something else that I didn't know about because I, I played a completely clean, uh, didn't kill anybody, any citizen. If you kill certain citizens, sometimes their loved ones will join the the vampire hunters. Oh, oh that's so interesting. The, so they'll yeah. know that. There's actually something else too. Like I'm not gonna say this is a downside, um, but let me. I'll speak on this a little bit. There there are some citizens in the game that have quote unquote side quests. Yeah. But there are. But if for the side quest to get solved, you have to eat them or the person they're interacting with for the quest to finish. So there. Are, do you remember the interaction in the hospital where someone was debating whether to to have their limb amputated yeah. or not, mm -hmm. and their friend was saying yes or no. The the uh, operation will only happen if you eat someone involved with him. Oh, interesting. That's how you progress oh, okay. the quest. Uh, so if you were to go on a 100% morality run, like Riley and I did, my man, 
um, you don't see the result of any of those side quests at all. Which okay. I'm not saying it's a downside because it keeps the game very focused and away from stupid shit. Like, you know, <laughs> it, it, yeah, I, this game did a good job of just not being a checklist of stuff. Yeah. yeah but yeah. The, it, it was a little weird wrinkle where you can't see the result of a lot of these conversations or conflicts. Sure, yeah. I, I don't mind that at yeah, all. I, I guess I don't mind that. And by the way, please lump me in uh, into the, at least I attempted. You tried. I tried to get the 100% of we're, morality, but we're, we'll we're going to discuss that, we'll that very crucial uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get thing sure. that killed so, you. Can I mention one really fun, fun slash funny thing? I hope yeah. it's intentional about the citizens thing. It's called a menu. I really hope it's intentional because you can also choose to eat them. <laughs> like you're like on a <laughs> oh, restaurant okay. menu. Nice. Like I saw that I'm like, Oh, please tell me they meant that on purpose. Meets if back not, on the menu, boys. If, if there was a fork and knife, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So overall, I wanted to bring up a quote Nick had uh, uh -oh. a couple a couple months ago, maybe. Um, I never really had the urge to play it, but once I booted it up, I was locked in. That's true. And I think that's a good way. That was how I felt. You know, like... Um, yeah, you mentioned a little bit, you know, the the exploring uh, dialogue sections versus combat. What did you, I guess, what did you enjoy more? Sure, it, it's one of these um, almost like gaming the head spaces where okay, I'm about to go to a new section of the city. There's going to be like 15 people to talk to. Yeah, I'm locked in for the next two hours, exhausting dialogue, dialogue options. Yeah, but it's not. But. I'm, I don't not enjoy talking to everyone, but I know I'm in here for a couple of hours of time. Not too different from our Disco Elysium discussion. Yes. There was a lot of talking and a lot of script. Yeah. Which it's, I guess this game is a little bit tiring, I guess, in that aspect where you're going to be doing a lot of reading. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree there. I think um, I preferred the combat and exploration over the heavy dialogue citizen section. I knew I, knew I at least wasn't going to try and eat anybody. Yeah. So I didn't try a ton of those quests because I was just like, eh, what's the point of making them like me more if I'm never going to eat them to get experience anyway? Yeah. Well, I'll say this too. Like I, the game does a good job of if you exhaust people's dialogue options, I believe you get a tiny amount of EXP for, That's learning, true. for learning stuff yeah, about them. You do. Yeah. That's true. Something, now that we're talking about gameplay, something I think is very important that if you uh, if you eat someone, you get a ton of experience points, which lends into your leveling up and whatever. But if you don't eat anybody, you are severely under leveled mm -hmm. and the game is really hard. Yeah. So I, I like the talking sections because that was not only did I find the performance good. I'm yep. like, this is my one opportunity to get some tiny amount of experience. Grind points. some experience right. talking to people because, yeah. you know, it, it's really hard to level up if you're trying to be a good guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, the, there's a good amount of exploring looking for mm -hmm. stuff that's going to improve your shit as well. Mm -hmm. Well, um, like your weapons and whatnot. So um, to get further into the combat, uh, you have a basic sort of health stamina system similar to our favorite games, the Souls series, mm -hmm. uh, with the addition of a bite mechanic, which functions kind of similarly to posture breaking in Sekiro. Um, I personally felt that the guns were underutilized. I don't think I shot one the whole game. Really? Yeah. I got really mad at a few bosses and unloaded some shotgun shells well, on them. Yeah, they all have it. different weaknesses, and so, like the werewolves are, are weaker to guns. Mm -hmm. um, so they, you have some motivation to use them. But um, it's, I don't know, I thought it was kind of an undercooked uh, part mm -hmm. of the combat. Definitely. Um, there is also uh, a blood uh, gauge, which can be spent on healing or uh, upgradable moves. You have, um, it can also be filled by using specific weapons, uh, by biting enemies or eating rats. I love that. <laughs> and it's only rats. Yeah. There's nothing else. There are yeah. no, no cats. 
There's <laughs> no, nothing. No dogs. Only rats. Just rats. Only rats. And and he's he, every time he's like, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> he's just so disgusted with himself. Uh, yeah, and it's great. it's really funny because it's like I mean it's this or people, man. Like yeah. it's there's no other other animals mm-hmm. here. Um, I like this healing economy better than uh, Bloodborne's vial system mm-hmm. personally because it's kind of a similar uh, vibe overall as we talked. Uh, helps entwine the nature of Jonathan's condition with the moment-to-moment gameplay experience. Um, the XP that you mentioned can be spent on improving your character's numbers or learning and upgrading moves. Uh, to me, this is where the pacifist run-through really counts. Um, it's not only, as you said, um, I didn't think this game was like hard, mm-hmm. by, but it's probably a lot easier if you, you mm-hmm. hate people, right? And I, something that, I mean, you're kind of handicapping yourself here. It is ultimately, I felt like I was getting a less versatile combat experience because there is fewer moves that you can try out. Yeah, that's what I feel like that's almost the economy of the game. I do want to mention just so uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening have not played this. Yeah. Um, I make sure people know the uh, the various vampire hunters and generic enemies. You can bite them and eat them with no penalty to morality. Yeah, it's the main characters with names that you can't eat. Right. So I make sure that's clear. Yes. And I like the the healing and blood economy of this too, because I almost like was thinking several levels ahead where I'm like, well, I'm not going to level up that much. I need to be. I'm not going to be able to experience all these skills. I think I'm going to swing away and heal myself. You you can reset, but it does cost you exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and leveling up also takes a night, so time will progress if you level up. And so yeah. you have to make sure you people will get sick, or yes. quests will progress. You have yeah, to like sure. think about it before you do anything. So I was going to ask, I was going to open up the floor here. How did you use your uh, XP? Sure, mine was very short. I um, like I said, I was very I don't know what the right word is economical, conservative when yeah. it came to this stuff. I think I focused on I am going to swing a weapon and heal myself, so I'm never screwed. Right. Like I was all I was very worried about soft locking myself in this game by not being strong enough to do anything or I can't heal enough to survive something. I mean, I think I unlocked, I, I don't know what the um, the ultimate move was, Abyss, where you can throw people in the air. Oh, was, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, Dude, I didn't unlock much. I think it was healing, Abyss, and I'm just going to swing the weapon. I don't know about Nick. Go ahead. A little bit more varied than that. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, a little bit. So, Nick had some fun here. Yeah, yeah I mean, God, I'm going to have some fun with it. You're a freaking vampire. You can throw blood spears and hit people with big claws. Like, was, why am I not going to that? Do was that was my main move, the yeah. spear. So yeah. mine was more so the claws. Yeah. So I focused a lot of my attention on health and stamina. Yeah. But secondary, I, was the cl- I had the claws and... Um, Oh, I have it written down here, but oh, the spring move where yeah. you can launch yourself at people. Yeah. So sure. I would like launch myself at people, use the claws, and then, you know, then bite them or some shit. Yeah. Um, and I also uh had that one ultimate move with the, the blood cauldron move. Yeah. Where you can stun people and make their blood explode kind of gnarly. <laughs> but <laughs> I um the one I think to make it clear to like uh, the audience, this game is like bloodborne light with a mm. skill tree. That's the best way I was trying to sell the game to people. It's kind yeah. of bloodborne y combat like- with yeah, just enough skills. to be satisfying. Just enough. It's like that's different what I like think. moves. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Yeah. And I did want to before we move on, I wanted to bring up. You were like, oh, there was DLC for this game. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know that the version I bought had it, and I didn't know what it was going to present itself as. It's just like gear mm-hmm. that you find like in your room in the hospital, and I you get like a sword, and it what it does is it. Um, 
when you hit people with it, it refills your blood gauge. Oh, so this game is probably a cakewalk for you. Dude, <laughs> I, I was like, why would you use anything else? Right, and I right. didn't realize that it's, it was it's a DLC, a DLC like, yeah. you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think some weapons, when you upgrade them, granted you the ability to steal blood on yes. contact. I yeah. The bone saw does. This yes. one does it, like, right out of the gate. Yeah, so it's, so. like, super overpowered. Mm. Got it. So kind of funny, balance-wise. Um, you can also upgrade, I, we should mention, you can upgrade your bite, too. Yes. Uh, yes. To get I'll more blood from people. I think the skill, it's really funny. It sounds like an energy drink. It's called Big Thirst. Big Thirst. <laughs> so, <laughs> I found that useful kind of in the beginning because I felt like, at least in the beginning of this game, it was a little bit of an overpowered strategy to keep stun locking people and just biting them over and over yeah, again. Sure. But so that was kind of the way I progressed through the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a valid way to do it because, I mean, what you what it winds up happening is I think your offhand weapon knocks down their stamina. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, but the next time you do it, you it takes more. Yes. Yeah, it takes more right. hits to, mm -hmm. to knock them down like that's that. Right. That's pretty cool. Um, I would like to, unless you have any other further thoughts on that, get into the characters, the side yeah, quests. Yeah, we oh, should. The only it. thing I'll say is the combat is more serviceable than you would think from Don't Nod. It's fun. The, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. life is strange. It's yeah. actually very fun combat. Yeah, it's, sure. it's, it's like a little janky, but not too janky. Yeah, more enjoyable than I thought, but let's talk characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's get into the characters here. Um, I thought it was very interesting that you have um, a, a wide cast of characters here that spanned uh, all directions of the moral compass. Uh, makes your choices a little more complicated. Uh, I think, very interestingly, they successfully portrayed people of different ethnicities and walks of life. Mm -hmm. Very different people, um, which is odd for a, or unusual for an 1800s setting. Mm. Uh, kind of swept under the rug normally. Um, so I just wanted to um, uh, mention some of my favorites. And if you want to chip in on those or talk about your own, feel free. Um, I'm going to start out with, uh, so my character, he gets into the hospital his first night and he immediately sniffs out that something's going on with, um, the security guard mm -hmm. and he and one of the nurses are planning on running away. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, I remember this. And yeah. I was, I just thought it was really funny cause it's like, I, I mean, I don't know. There's nothing necessarily wrong with what they're doing, but it's, it's funny that your character is super duper serious and it's one of the first things you can do. And I'm like, wow, this guy means business. Like, let's go. <laughs> um, so I like that. I liked um, that one of the nurses. Um, is that the person you accuse of having a relationship with someone else? Is that them or is that someone else? Th they they are having a relationship. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. that one. Spoilers. Right. Uh, uh, nurse Nurse Brannigan is the, is the character. I was gonna, she's, she's like the uh, Meryl Streep uh, looking lady. <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. And I thought it was very interesting where... You have, she is a incredibly capable person, but because of the time period, she can't mm. become a doctor. That's right. So That's she, right. so everyone in the hospital is like, yeah, just like she's, she's like the most trustworthy person we have. I'm like, oh, I feel really bad for her. Like right. she's, she's awesome. But, um, the character who thinks she's a vampire, do you remember this? Oh yes, um, I remember her. She's, she's, uh. She's. I mean, it's really funny because she. You obviously know she's lying because you. You are intimately aware of all your symptoms and everything. She's like, oh, I need blood. I need. <laughs> I have a thirst for blood. And she's. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's. It's an interesting that a lot. Not a lot of other developers would. Uh, would. Would uh, create a character like that. Um, I, I thought it was very interesting. The guy at the hospital who is stealing from the dead. 
mm. the Indian yeah. guy, um, uh, Dr. Rakesh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like, cause he, this is kind of, I didn't know this at first, but you can like, like, uh, sneak up on people and like, see what they're doing. You can like, um, you remember this where you're looking through windows at people. It's ah, like you find a specific yes. spot. That's right. Like he's one of the first people you can do yep. that with and you can confront him and like, I, I saw what you're doing. And he's like, they don't need it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like hey, he's got a point. He does have a point there. Um, you had, did you, do you remember the, uh, fraudulent vampire hunter? Oh, I love that guy. Uh, Ichabod. Uh, yeah, he's, Ichabod. he's, he's like, uh, yeah, he's, he's like the Gilderoy Lockhart kind of character. <laughs> he's very like, you know, you can, you can smell his bullshit from a mile away. He's very endearing. I liked him. Yeah. Um, I thought it was awesome. One of the first people you meet, um, he's like a town drunk. And then you find like the more you talk to him, you find out that he, uh, was like an anarchist and he blew up this other character's mm-hmm. parents. Yes. And like, he's just like, he's been drinking himself into a coma ever since. That was a pretty interesting side quest. And this is the stuff you get when you, uh, when you start talking to people and doing their side quests. So it's, even if you're not going to eat them, it is rewarding in a yeah. sense. Yeah. You like like you, little story. It reminds me a little bit of oblivion where there's mm-hmm. more to these characters than, than meets the eye. Yeah. They just have better voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they, did you do the uh, quest with the murderer? The guy who like you were you find bodies in the sewer and you find out that he has been like just like a normal normal guy he, he he's like um it, it starts a kind of interesting dynamic with him because he's like oh you're uh are you gonna blame me for all your crimes like if you if you kill people like it's like something Whoa. that you can do this is one it's just one of the random characters you meet mm. um I thought that the uh, the florist was interesting. She's she's mute. Yes, and you can uh, bewitch her or whatever, and she still doesn't speak. And I'm no like, idea. wow, yeah. she she ain't kidding. No, <laughs> um, she leave people leave notes for her, or she leaves notes something. Yes, along those lines. the, that was the poet cool. in the graveyard and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting because you, you have this character who can't speak or communicate mm-hmm. normally. I think the only time you do is like if you kill her, like you hear her thoughts or oh, whatever. Okay. That was pretty cool. Um, and uh, the brothers, you remember mm-hmm. the brother, like the, the twins well, to, tried, were going to run away or something. Yeah. And they're, they're the just city. sitting there and yes. like, what are you waiting for? We don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, so is this, I, I had, a, I was like, is this deep or is this like stupid just Two dumb guys? Just like yeah, not doing I don't anything. Know. <laughs> it was, it was kind of interesting. Give me something to think about anyway. Um, and I thought it was so cool how like, later on in the game it's not even i don't think mandatory but you can run into uh your mom and yes. the uh the butler yes that's and it, yeah and it's very 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 interesting and i'm like wow you can like eat your 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 butler and your mom in this game <laughs> like, yeah like, does it actually allow you dark. to eat your mom yeah. Yeah, yeah oh god yeah, yeah. pretty dark that's awful. Um, so those were my favorite. I don't know. Do you have any other uh, memorable, like yeah, outside I, of the main story? Well, I was gonna. I, I don't, I don't want. Uh, um, I don't want to talk. Like I know we're gonna we're gonna be talking spoilers. I mean, my I think my favorites are really the main characters. So I don't want to say too much. Yeah. I thought the interactions with your mom are very interesting. Yes, where she has uh, dementia. I yeah, think. where the yes. game does this. It, it was it was kind of a hard uh, kind of a hard line to see where. Is that I wasn't sure if her voice acting. I'm not calling it bad. Yeah. But I think she either has dementia or mental illness, and she's talking to you in a very like she's not with it. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not sure if it's 
because of the craziness that's going on in the city or she has a mental illness. Well, you're, I, I just felt like I would get more of an interaction with her when you finally get to meet her, but you get kind of a blank slate of nothing and it's kind of unnerving, but I'm not sure if it was on purpose. Well, I think you do wipe you, her memories. You, you, yeah. Well, here's, yeah. here's what you can do. I don't know um, if you guys did this at all, but if you progress her quest further, you can look in the window, like I was telling you, and you can see her talking with other members of your family who are dead. Yes. And so when that. you, yeah. she, when you cut, you're the only person that you come clean with her, that you're a vampire and you say, I'm dead. She says, I know. And it's like, so basically she doesn't believe that you're even really there. Yeah. yeah it's like, just like everybody. that was, that was really, you, that was um, the line that was kind of unnerving to me where yeah. I'm not sure if she's mentally ill or she's kidding. Like, I don't really, cause you just tried to have a serious moment with her and it doesn't land. Yeah, I don't know. well, she because she's she's totally checked out. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did you have any other fun uh, yeah. side people there? Yeah, so I think for me, uh, Riley, you mentioned a lot of them. I love the conversations with uh, with Jonathan Reed's mom. But one of my favorite interactions are between the poet in the graveyard and the publicist who keeps rejecting him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think is really funny. Yeah, um, I think there's a one line that I have screenshotted because it's very very true to me. It said uh, the the publicist says. A very nice man, but a very poor writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so Something funny. like that. Very funny. But I think other than that, uh, I had more to say about the main characters, but I think yeah. we'll get into that at a certain yeah. point. So yeah. So let's 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 uh, rip off the band-aid here. Let's do it. Let's get into some vampire stuff. So this game started out, you were like, okay, so get past the first like 20 minutes because it gets better. Mm. And I'm like, no, I think I think it's a very successful beginning. Mm. And I'll tell you why. Mm. Because I thought that this game was going to be even better than it, it is. Like I was a little tricked in the beginning. So the, the opening is after you have been infected and become a vampire and all you see is like shadowy fog and everything. And you see this um, big glowing red spot and it's like a smoky figure or whatever. And what winds up happening is that he bites and kills his sister. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking like, okay, so this, I'm like, wow, uh, very impactful moment for one. But I'm thinking, okay, so this is what's going to happen if you don't eat people. Like you're just going to become so consumed by it that this mm -hmm. is all you, all you see is like an objective marker, you oh, know, like, sure. yeah. so, but that's not really what happens, but. This intro, I, I think right off so to kind of give people a picture like right off the bat like you wake up in a mass grave yeah. like you're dead right yeah. or you and your sister is looking for you because you just came back from world war one right i believe is kind of the setup here yep. yeah you immediately just kill her right off the bat <laughs> yeah and yeah. then i'm just like oh shit here we go the reason why i sort of cautioned you guys was there's kind of a generic run sequence where you're running yeah well, you have to escape from the yeah vampire yeah yeah, yeah where i said just get past that when i was playing this i said oh man this game might be rough i don't know mm -hmm. but you know because the combat is it's, it's a little janky, but it's fine. There's a giant running sequence. I said, I don't know. Well, you're not really prepared for anything. Yeah, yet. sure. But Nick, I don't know if you have thoughts about intro before we continue. Um, I guess, man, I always feel like I'm this way where like if you two differ on something, I'm always like right in the middle. It's like, I don't mind the running sequence at the beginning. I thought it was like, whatever. It's very whatever. I thought it was pretty impactful, you know, at the beginning when you bite your sister and have to take off running. Yeah. I thought like the story-based aspect of it was nice, but I am not the biggest fan of running sequences. sequences. Yeah. Sure. Hate running. Yeah. 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 Even in real life too. Hate yeah. running. Yeah. Hate yeah. running. Can't do it. Low on exercise yeah, right. here. <laughs> um, so you are, are rescued by uh, the, the head of the hospital, uh, Pembroke Hospital, his, uh, Dr. Swansea, Edgar Swansea. And he's like, I got a job for you. 
mm-hmm. and uh, you you wind up um, joining the staff. Nobody else knows you're a vampire. Um, he is like, you know, take care of the patients, you know, do whatever. But you you kind of have to uh, behave yourself around him. Like it's it's a very kind of delicate. You have the pillar of each community. He's mm-hmm. one of them. Um, and like the more the more people that you kill and eat, the community will suffer. And uh, the characters will start to suspect you. People will disappear, etc. Um, I thought it was very interesting about this this beginning. Also, was you witness uh, this guy murder someone right in front of you, and he's the p- first person that you can eat. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just kind of like a bum, like one mm-hmm. of the uh, mob people yeah. at the beginning. And it's like if you're gonna kill anyone, it's the guy that just committed like a, an unwarranted murder right in right. front of you. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very w- interesting way to like just do it, just do it. Come on, <laughs> just try it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of cool. And then like it, as you go on, you know, as I mentioned, there's all these different kind of characters who have different degrees of good and bad, and you know, it kind of blossoms out from there. Um, you have uh, kind of this interesting. You're you're soon introduced to uh, Ashbury. Is mm-hmm. like the uh, I guess love interest mm-hmm. sort of of this game, uh, and she is introduced as as the hospital's benefactor, and she is being blackmailed by somebody that you have to find out about. And this person is also a vampire, is one of the the uh, uh, first bosses, I believe. Um, you wind up rescuing that, uh, that priest guy, uh, Hampton, Sean Hampton, and you Mm -hmm. have to go find him. He becomes a vampire himself. Uh, it's a whole big thing. Yep. Um, but what I thought it really, when it really kicked off was, um, when that, that like really cranky, uh, racist old lady like disappears from the hospital Mm -hmm. and, um, cause she is behind like a closed door. She's in a bed by herself and you come back to the hospital at one point and it's like just covered in blood and like, yep. what happened here? <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. So the priest, uh, like it seems like he killed her and like made off with her and like nobody can find her. So it becomes like a big sort of investigation. What happened to her? And you wind up finding this, like, I, I was like, that was when I, I messaged the group chat. I'm like, this game has a little more going on than I thought. Because mm-hmm. you find this, like, undercity yes. in, like, the sewers where all the uh, skulls live. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're, they're not even, like, named. It's just, like, all these these people who have, like, fallen through the cracks. Yep. And she winds up uh, showing up there. And I didn't really know what was going on with this character for a long time. Um, and it pays off at the end, but it's a little weird. Um and at a certain point, you wind up uh, investigating this killing spree. It's like, oh, vampires is loose in the docks. Mm-hmm. And what winds up happening, we're going to get into Nick's uh, big moment here. Son of a bitch. Is uh, your sister has reanimated after you bit her mm-hmm. and become a vampire herself. And there's this big, uh, huge boss battle with her in a graveyard. And Nick, why don't you talk about your experience? God, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> first of all, this boss battle was probably the hardest in the game. It's one of them. I think, Very tough. I think for me, it was probably the hardest boss in the game. I think I actually game. I didn't game over a lot in a Vampire, but I gave over it a couple couple times here. Um, so apparently in this boss fight, um, there's a priest, not the, not Sean Hampton, a different priest. Different guy. Different yeah. priest is in like the center of it all because it's uh, you're supposed to have a funeral for Mary but, or something, something like that is happening. That's why the priest is there. Yeah. And he's like knocked out, scared in the middle of the battlefield. Um, and yeah, so uh, fun fact, you can eat him and you can also do that accidentally. And that's yeah. what ruined my perfect moral run. Yeah. I went to go bite Mary, but it bit the priest. And I went, no, wait. Yep. <laughs> it gave so, me, you know, 3000 experience. I'm like, 
fuck, I just ruined my perfect morality run, and because this game autosaves, I'm totally screwed. Mm -hmm. And also, if you die, the priest comes back, so I thought maybe I got saved, mm -hmm. and I did not kill him. Uh, but no, it, the run was so you, over. Yeah, yeah, the auto save fucked you. The auto save <laughs> got me. I don't know what happened there. If it was a misclick on my part, Could or be. yeah. Well, what's interesting about that? I think it should have been like a, a further prompt after you, because you you know you're you're running around, you're mashing buttons, yeah. trying to figure something out. But that is interesting about that that fight is that it's he's gonna die either way. It's just a matter of are you who's gonna, gonna do, eat him? Who's gonna do it? Mm -hmm. And so you can take the high road and do it. But if you let her do it she refills like her whole like health. Oh, that drove and, me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Fuck. <laughs> so that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, pretty cool. And she kind of gives you shit and then, right, rightfully so. Like, like you, you, you did it. this. Yeah. You well, what was the whole me. setup to that battle? It was essentially her funeral, right? Yes. That, that you show she up wakes to. Up yeah. She wakes up and here we go. She was about to kill your mom and all that, but you managed to get your mom away yeah. and you yeah. have to kill Mary mm -hmm. and whatever. Pre pretty cool. Yeah. Um, cool setup. Mm -hmm. Awful boss fight. I hated that. Very rough for Nick. Unfortunately, not a great time for me. So this is about when you kind of get into like the wealthy district mm -hmm. and uh, you, you find the Ascalon Club, uh, Greg's previous place of employ. <laughs> um, I thought this was kind of a cool, it's like it kept like pulling the curtain back and like, oh, this is like a society of vampires. Yeah, like we were saying earlier, like this game does a better job with classism than you would think. Like yeah. you have like the undercity of poor, decrepit vampires, the skulls like in mm -hmm. the sewer. Yes. And you have like the high society vampires in the rich part of the city. Yeah. Really interesting. And they, it's great how they're just like right there. Yeah. Like yeah. it's out in the open. They're just you go in a building and they're just hanging out. They're in there, yeah, right? Yes. No one has any idea, but they're just there. Right. Mm -hmm. And um you so you can uh you wind up doing that theater uh quest for them where mm -hmm. they have to kill somebody who's gone crazy in the theater. Um an actor who is who's part of the plot, I guess. Uh but you can you can uh double cross them because they they tell you um you know you belong to us now essentially. Mm -hmm. And if you double cross them, they start you you're disbarred and uh, they they won't help you as much as they would. Mm -hmm. And you start encountering them in the streets and they yep. try to kill yep. you like yep. the named guys. Yes. Yep. And I thought that was, that cool. was pretty cool. Um, so, of course, I'm going to I'm going to take the the moral road. I'm mm -hmm. going to leave the Ascalon Society. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, something that I didn't like. I'm going to talk about it here. It was a it was a big moment. Ooh, okay. Was uh, Doctor Swansea gets kidnapped at uh, one point, mm -hmm. and he gets kidnapped by the vampire hunters. And you have a big uh, drawn out fight with this guy, and you can either uh, you can either kill him. This is the leader, the leader of the club. Talk about Jeff McCollum. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. You can either. It's kind of like a half baked character to me. Mm -hmm. Like you didn't get a lot of face time with the guy. Mm -hmm. um, it, for me, like there was a part. Where so you can either kill him or let him go, right? And I am going to let him go, of course. You can also mm -hmm. make him a vampire. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, uh, in this boss fight, he's like mocking you and taunting you. He's like, yes, I'm going to, you know, kill your entire kind, whatever, vampire. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get you for this read and, and all this stuff. And at the end, if you let him go, there's this big moment where... Uh, Jonathan is like, he's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not, you know, rabbit or whatever, you know, we're not all like this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let you go. And he's like, I'll, I'll be after you Reed. And he says, 
see, you're already calling me by name. We're making progress. And I'm like, you had a little quirky moment there. Like, okay, but he's calling you Reed in the boss fight. Uh, and I'm like, mm. I see. Oh, okay. I see. This is just a, little a little direction little, issue okay. with the voiceover. A little attention to detail. Right, fair mm-hmm. enough. That we get, that we get there. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta pay attention to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was at this point uh, totally perplexed by the direction. The story is very strange to me overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you find the, the racist old lady in the sewers again, and she's a boss, uh, and it's it's like pretty easy. Yeah. Wait, wait, uh, yes. Yes, I remember now. And yes, and uh, she's she's like a bloated whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Blah blah blah. But um, you find that I mentioned the voices that are talking to you the whole time, um, the supernatural element where you're trying to figure out who infected you to begin with. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was kind of funny the direction it took because he's like this this specter that appears throughout the game and he has like these big horns and he's very creepy and, and imposing. And he kind of just like becomes like chummy with you like by <laughs> yeah. the end. He's like, I was the one who infected you. And it's like this, he's, he's like this ancient Celtic spirit that's existed for hundreds of years mm-hmm. and he's like we need you to stop the the red queen and mm-hmm. i'm like who's who the fuck is this <laughs> it's like yeah. very out of nowhere and it's it's um like i felt like a little kind of last minute with this this boss fight where you had to i didn't think it was that hard but the red queen yeah yeah, I mean, I get where she came from because I think she spawned from Harriet Jones, who was the lady in the sewer, who was patient zero. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's I like think. we've been we've been cultivating every yeah. hundred, couple hundred years. There's a perfect, perfect vampire that gives birth to the Red Queen or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it's, I didn't think the boss was that hard either. It was like yeah, it's, yeah, it's very like, OK, game's over now. But right. what you find out is that uh, Lady Ashbury uh, leaves leaves the city. And there's a kind of I, I I did at least like the end epilogue sequence, the look of it where it's daytime now. And mm-hmm. I don't know what the reason is that you can go out during daytime. I don't is, know. Is it? I don't think they explain it. It kind of brings up my reasoning from before. But why is the whole game at night and everyone's awake? It's right. Really weird. And it's kind of like like, you know, we were talking about the Resident Evil thing where it should have been at daytime. It's mm-hmm. like I get that that's hard, mm-hmm. but they had they were capable in this game of making a daytime that went on for like 20 minutes. Yeah, and I like that sure. about it. You know, you put the work in. Um, so you're kind of wandering around her estate here. Um, and I did like, there's a nice detail where you see paintings of her through different eras, yeah. different famous artists and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, so she's actually like hundreds and hundreds of years old. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's like, I have written, uh, MGS four ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is you, she, you find her and I'm like, what is this game? Like, what is this all leading to? Um, this very cartoony kind of, uh, encounter with the ghost guy. He's like, yes, I'll see you again. And next time it happens or something like that. And uh, you wind up. She's like, this is this is the the man who infected me. And it's like Mm. the knight from the the Middle Ages or whatever. And I'm like, am I supposed to know who this is or care who it is? And the conversation goes on so fucking long. It does. I know they talk about him a lot in the Ascalon Club. They like look up to this guy. Yeah. And that's about all they got. But I didn't like I wasn't like, oh, my God, we're going to that guy you know like <laughs> i don't know it was very he jumps on a fire and i guess so if you have been a good boy uh you run away with her 
in the end. But if you're not, but what she, was the knight's name? He's a guy from history. William Marshall. Yeah, it's yeah, William, William Marshall Mar from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Can I just say I kind of like it how they they kind of just turned all these like British or whatever folklore heroes into vampires. Like yeah. King Arthur is a vampire. Yeah, yeah, Can yeah. I just yeah, say yeah. Kind of funny. Yeah. About, just Jeff McCollum drinks King Arthur's blood. Is he a vampire now? I have no. I, idea. I don't know how that works. I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think he. I don't think. Uh, I think it's a little more. Uh, Complicated, a little more that, complicated. You know? I don't know. <laughs> so, at any rate, so yeah. for me, I felt that the structure of the story itself was a little too episodic, um, and I didn't feel that the answers to the central mysteries were satisfactory. But I'm, I'm, if you want to change my mind, so, change my mind. Sure. Like I actually, you know, I actually thought each story beat was really impactful. or really, it made sense to me. At as, I guess as much as it could. That was actually the, I'm actually surprised that that's your review because I thought the story was one of the main benefits to the game, not the combat and the action it was all kind of secondary. Like for me, when you have the, if you have the setup of you are a doctor, you have to help people, but blah, blah, blah. Um, but you, you're, you're trying to solve like why this vampire virus is infecting the city at the same time as the, the Spanish flu. Right. And you're trying to figure out why that's happening. And then it gets a little bit supernaturally with the the demon guy or whatever that sort of. Well, thing. as we said, I didn't uh, in, in in the previous episodes, uh, I didn't think the rules were were super sure. clear about how that works. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the way this game essentially ends up turning out is like if you were a one hundred percent good guy, like you essentially travel the world with Lady Ashbury. You know, she's your love interest, and you try to solve the vampire sickness or whatever. You know, there's also you know a think of it they think of that as like the good plus ending there's a good ending where you choose to stay in the castle together that was nick that's what i got yeah, yeah. because nick yeah. unfortunately ate one person Oops. you know the the there's a bad ending where she throws herself in the fire too right. and you're stuck in the the castle by yourself i think the worst ending is she you don't even try to stop her from you just like let her just fucking burn herself and then you just kind of wander the world and just eat people yeah it's fucking mm -hmm. wild yeah yeah. yeah yeah you know i i think ultimately they they really blew it by not having the man himself, Mr. Dracula, in this. Game. <laughs> the old guy in the chair should have been Dracula, not that yes, have, yes, exactly. I would have shit my pants if, <laughs> yeah. that, if that had happened. I would have been like, "Holy fuck, it's him!" Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> "Holy shit, it's Edward Cullen!" Right? Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's 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 wrap here. Um, there's there's not a lot to say. Uh, you can kind of see why this game was uh, commercially unsuccessful. Um, it's not very shiny or, mm -hmm. or good looking, whatever. Yeah. Um, relatively low marketing budget, it seems. Very saturated RPG market at the time, action mm -hmm. RPGs. Hard to pin down uh, who this is for besides mm -hmm. like people like us. Yeah. <laughs> like, or if you like RPGs or if you like vampires, I guess. Yeah. Um, however, uh, the attention to detail and character is very good for the most part, you know, like all these all these wonderful side characters we talked about. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, very nice to see that your actions have meaningful consequences for once uh, that the world will react to in a believable way. Mm -hmm. So uh, very, very rare indeed. I don't know if you folks uh, have anything else to add. Nick, why don't you go and then I'll close. This is final thoughts? Yeah. All right. So I guess one of my final thoughts here is uh, I don't want to provide a rebuttal for Jeffrey McCollum as a half-baked villain because I think he was a lot more interesting than you two may give him credit for. <laughs> okay. Because he was right. I don't know if you remember from his note. Go ahead. He figured out what happened with the flu. He figured out the connection. Yeah. Go ahead. And he... I didn't. I don't have the note written down or mm. anything. But you find the note in the, like the pre-win hideout or whatever before you find Swansea. Like he figured this out. He figured out the whole thing, and you took from and 
Jonathan Reed takes from his note and relates it back to how the whole supernatural thing and everything going on is connected. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's really thanks to Jeff McCollum that you're able to solve this mystery. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, so thanks, Jeff. You're a good guy. Uh, I thought his boss fight was like kind of cool, even though it was kind of annoying at times. I did think it was really interesting. It was my one game over. Yes, it was your game yeah. over. So I'm not saying he's a fantastic and amazing villain, but I want to you know, shed some light on this guy. He did a lot more for the plot than I think people people realize. Mm-hmm. Also kind of metal that he's drinking, you know, hundreds of years old blood from King Arthur, if whether it's real or not, kind of cool. But anyway. He's, I, he's a big ivermectin guy these days. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely would be if he was alive. Oh, he'd definitely be the ivermectin guy if he's yeah. in COVID times. He Absolutely. might still be alive. That's true. If you're into a vampire, he probably is. Anyway, so at the, the end of the day, I do think the strongest parts of this game are the morality system actually feeding into the gameplay. Feeding was not on purpose. Trust mm-hmm. me, that was not, okay. not a pun. Not a pun. <laughs> Um, but I think that's the strongest part of the game, especially when it comes to dealing with the um, the pillars mm-hmm. of all the districts. Because I actually didn't know this until I started researching. I lost one of them, the lady. Yeah, I think nurse. we all lost Dorothy Crane, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. unfortunately. Um, I think uh, me not letting Edgar Swanson die actually was like, affected me my ending but mm-hmm. either way apparently the district cannot fall into chaos until you deal with the pillar yep of i did not yep. i did not know yep. that and um if there is a special not an ending but you get a special achievement or trophy called london is burning if you let all of the districts just go to total shit if you essentially kill all the main characters yeah. Yeah. kill all the kill all the main characters kill all the pillars everybody gets sick Purge. skulls are running start everywhere. anew yep, yeah exactly things <laughs> burning it's it's crazy but either way, I think this game was legitimately pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy I played it. Um, I did have some tech issues. Oh, sure. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I won't get into them, but I did have some occasional crashes and whatnot. Yeah. But overall, I think this game set out to do a to do a a lot of gameplay and story integration, and I think it was pretty successful in that regard. Sure. You guys want me to? Uh, I'll have my final thoughts and I'll end it. And we'll uh, we'll do the uh, the customary. Uh, uh, oh, you know what? We just why don't we grade first, and then I'll then I'll close. All right, Nick, go. Nick, I'm gonna go first. Yeah. All right, I am going to give this game uh B eight out of ten. Okay. For me. Sure. Yep. I will I will do the same. Cool. I think it earned it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah, I would say the same. It's probably an eight out of ten game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably a B ish, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me was. A, a couple of things, like I said in the intro, like I picked this game up many times, put it down, wasn't sure it's, if I was uh, the play meta. It. The meta score is very unfavorable. The to meta it. score is very unfavorable. That's exactly like, like it has 70? like 68, okay. 70. Yeah. I think the reason why we chose to cover this was, was we have a series called Underrated Gems that goes on on YouTube. We thought this maybe deserved a real entry because oh, yeah. these double A games that don't have tons of budget, but they aren't indie either. You don't get a lot of them, and I feel like this game, this game. I don't know, a 68 meta score, especially in like a time period we live in where games are way overrated. This is way too low for like yeah. a game like this. You don't you don't get a lot of respect for stuff where they put uh they put some effort into the detail and the writing and, right. and the concept, sure. you know? Like I was just very surprised, a couple of notes before I close, like yeah. how competent the Bloodborne-ish combat was, mm-hmm. how competent the voice acting was, and it was made by the Life is Strange people. Right. Which I mean yeah. that's yeah. that was fascinating to me. But I think for me, maybe I like the story more than you guys. I was I was actually like very into the story. Oh, I liked it. I was into the story. I liked it until like the end. Sure. I, I think what made what kind of grounded it for me was they kind of they kind of touched on real world events like Spanish flu is happening in mm-hmm. London. A lot of people are sick. That's why people are in the World their War One veterans. World War One vet. Like it kind of all made sense that 
well, is the Spanish flu causing the vampirism like sickness? What's happening? Yeah. So I like that. And, you know, you blah, blah, blah. You get a little bit of like vampire love story. And mm-hmm. depending on, you know, how well you succeeded, you either solve it together or not. It made sense for me. So I think in closing, it's probably the best, one of the best morality systems I've seen. If you want to be a good guy, game is hard. If mm-hmm. you want to be an evil guy, game is easy. Um, very very much I, like um, coder. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we were uh, disparaging the Bioshock morality system. Mm. Yeah, and like this is exactly the, the antithesis. Yeah, it's like so sure. much better. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm gonna close. So what I the last thing I'll say is if you um, like action adventure games or you like RPG ish things, this game is very worth playing. And we chose to cover it because not many people played it, and I think you should. So um, that's it for this one, and we will catch you guys next time on Goddamn GameCube.